Welcome to this week's Red Voices, my name is Ewan Lennitz, and if you came here looking for respite from the boundless optimism surrounding United's start to the season, you're out of luck, because we can't seem to stop winning games at the minute, apparently. Maybe a trip to Anfield in two weeks' time will change that, but for now, time to bask in goals, lots of them. Rich, uh, which game do you want to start with? The game where we scored four goals or the game where we scored four goals? Let's start with one of the games we scored four goals in. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to refer <laughs> you back to my original question, which game specifically? Let's go chronologically, yeah. chronologically, because the, the CSKA game was much more fun than the uh, Palace game, I thought. I would agree with that, yes. All right, well, let's wind back a couple of days to uh, our trip to Moscow. Rather terrible Champions League group stage form away from home for quite some years. What was it? Uh, one win in our last eight, nine, ten games? Pretty mm. poor form, all told. Um, Europa League group stage form wasn't necessarily much better. And given that CSKA pulled off something as a prize result by beating Benfica, I wouldn't necessarily say I was brewing with confidence when it came to this trip. How wrong was I? Yeah, I don't I don't think we've got used to the idea of, of United being really good again yet. I've not. I, I'm very deeply distrustful of it. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't matter how well we've done to the season up to that point. The away game at CSKA seemed like a horrendous banana skin, particularly given that we slipped over on bananas in far worse places than that in the last couple of years. Well, you could argue that we've actually eaten bananas ourselves and then chucked the skin and then just walked straight on top of it at times. Ourselves over, yeah. But I, I think... In in reality, what what we ended up with was an opponent who were significantly worse than we thought they'd be, and a United who continually uh, continually significantly better than we expect them to be. The result was was an absolute stroll, which was which which was ace, and it's still not getting old. No, no, I completely it, agree. I mean, it, it it was what three minutes, four minutes in by the time that we broke in the deadlock, and you know, Michael Owen's not necessarily going to win any points and be anyone's top pundit. But the way he described Lukaku's movement and the setup for that goal is ridiculous. You know, he made that goal. It was a great pass out yeah. to Martial, and then he read the play and exploited some poor defending as he as we did for the entire evening, and then knocked the first goal in. And from there on, it was pretty comfortable, really, wasn't it? Yeah, somebody said um, after the Palace game that the thing that you don't you don't really realise about Lukaku until you until you're watching him closely when he's at your club is that he's the type of guy, type of striker who's in the right place at the right time, and so just making comments about his pace and his power or his physicality and saying he had, you know his movements poor or his touches poor or whatever takes away from the fact that he takes up incredibly intelligent positions in the box. He's got really good anticipation as to where the, you know, where the ball's going to end up. And if you put him one on one against pretty much any defender, you know, he's got so many advantages over them that you'll get goals quite often, like we saw as the first goal in, in Russia, where he simply just isolated the centre back and out jumped him and powered in the header. And I think we're going to see a lot of goals like that, which is it's why one of the frustrations, initial frustrations this season with the quality of the delivery from wide areas, at least until. Till Palace and Ashley Young, the rise of Ashley Young, <laughs> because because he can be so effective like that, and I think we we finally started to take advantage of that, and that that goal was all about that. It was about you know again Martial, the assist king at the moment, and I mean he he had an absolutely insane game, absolutely stellar game, and the cross was perfect, and Lukaku had his man isolated, and he just headed it in. It was an absolutely perfect start, and given that we scored early again on on Saturday. Uh, I think it was Andy Minton pointed out on Twitter that United had scored in the first five minutes of four of the last four games, five games, which, given the the absolute dirge of early goals under um, LVG and ha- you know having to go at least a half before seeing a goal at, 
at Old Trafford for about six months. The fact that United are scoring early again is is a really, really promising and important thing. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it's been an incredibly profitable month, hasn't it? You know, look at those seven games. Six yeah. wins, one draw, three goals conceded. Blowing teams off the park at the minute. You know, it, admittedly, CSK did make it very, very easy. And I did have to mind the sentence that you said in the sense that they basically put out a side to gainfully lose, really, didn't they? You know, they presented us with opportunities. Mikatari and Martial were having, you know, they were having a field day. They were absolutely adoring the space and the time they had on the ball. And it made Lukaku's job all the easier because Martial and Mikatarian were stretching the play so well. And obviously the defending certainly helped. You know, Mikatarian getting lumped over in the <laughs> most graceful way possible right in the penalty area under the nose of the actual useful fourth, fifth, sixth or fifth year, whichever one it was. And then Martial ice cold uh, sliding it past Zakin Fiev. But it, it was interesting watching that penalty because he, he almost telegraphed it. You could even see he was going to go to the keeper's right, but Akinfeev went down so quickly and early and incorrectly that, yeah, I mean, game, game was essentially over long before Lukaku's goal went in. You know, and De Gea did make some great saves with the score a little bit tighter earlier on. But at the same time, the way that third goal was defended, Lukaku couldn't believe the space. And again, it's the anticipation there, isn't it? To, just to expect that the defender might miss it, to then tap it in. Yeah. I mean, he's joined on the spot again, wasn't he? Defending was absolutely horrendous. One of the things I've noticed with the last year or so is that there's a lot of discussion about um, Henrik Mkhitaryan and, you know, his value and his worth to United because obviously his numbers have been good at the start of the season, but I'm not sure his performances have been amazing. And last season, it seemed like his performances in Europe were far better than, than those in most of the Premier League games. And there does seem to be a tendency when we're playing in Europe for the opposition to leave Mkhitaryan in space in that number 10 role it's just not not closing down if you give him space he will absolutely destroy you and that's exactly what happened with CSKA they just let him stroll around in front of their back four and with Martial an absolute menace on the left and Lukaku keeping the defence occupied you know we had so much space to create you know it's absurd it could have been far more than more than the four really hmm. as you say well really once the first goal went in he was over but in practical terms once the third was in it was just a essentially an exhibition match wasn't it yeah I mean it was funny because correct me if I'm wrong but it looked pretty much like a 3-4-3 formation to start off didn't it I mean Mm. initially when I saw that lineup my instinct was to suggest that Mourinho was going to go quite cautious but the the start that we got made it anything but and United were playing with such freedom and you know there was no opposition from CSKA you know, they seemed over the moon just to get one goal, such were the expectations they had on that evening. And again, you know, when Martial went through in the second half, great to see Mkhitaryan follow up to get the fourth one, and that was game over. You know, the only thing you could say was, well, maybe we should have gone for a couple more, but, you know, 4-1 away at Moscow for a time... Well, in, in a circumstance where we've struggled repeatedly over the last few years, given how poor our record in the Champions League group stages has been over the last sort of four or five years, I guess, as well, so we've gotten that result. It was not necessarily a bonus, just very, very impressive. You know, it was a commanding performance. We created plenty. Dave was excellent in net when he needed to be, but our forward play was just magnificent. And I think in terms of, you know, moving on to the Palace game, the interesting thing was also the result was quite similar in terms of the actual style of play and the fluency. You look at what we created against CSKA, who 
you know, they're not necessarily complete slouches, but they weren't necessarily any great shakes in comparison with Palace. The big difference, seemingly, was that you had Herrera alongside Matic, and on Saturday it was Fellaini alongside Matic. Whilst the outcome was very similar in terms of the score, the play and the way we actually created and the fluency of the play was quite wildly affected, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's, it's hard to, to really gauge the the performance on Saturday just because Palace are so bad. Oh god, they were so bad, Rich. They were, they were they were so terrible. I'm struggling to remember a Premier League team who came to Old Trafford with less competence, with less heart. There was just nothing in them, was there? And again, United got the early goal, and that was important because, um, and it was a you know it was a really well made and executed goal. And really, from that moment, you know, Palace just had nothing in them, and so there was all. I think there was just a temptation from United to coast a bit periods in that game and, and just be certainly trying things that were a bit that they perhaps wouldn't try if it was a close game and obviously I think whenever you have Fellaini in the team and this isn't necessarily a criticism because what he does he's doing incredibly effectively at the moment but the, the temptation there is to is to be more direct and to get more crosses and sort of longer balls into the box and I think part of the reason for that working is because certainly on Saturday it was because uh, Mourinho's identified that Ashley Young can come in as a left in the left back position against teams which we'd expect to beat or left left wing back position and and his defending is pretty competent but it doesn't matter too much because we're going to have so much of the ball what we need is that delivery into the box and you know Ashley Young has had one trick his entire career which is to faint left go right and cross quite effectively. I saw the numbers you did on that tweet, Rich. I don't think I didn't notice. <laughs> and even at even at thirty two, it seems like plenty of defenders still fall for it. Um, and he is by some distance the best crosser of the ball at United at the moment. And there isn't a great deal of competition in that, but it, you know he is a good crosser of the ball, and it was an absolutely perfect cross for Laney just to you know, touch in the touch in the second. You know Mourinho's been very pragmatic this season. Also, he, I think he's been blessed in that certain players have really stepped up their games and so it's allowed United to play in two different ways we've been able to be fluid when we needed to be or been able to be pragmatic when we needed to be and and Saturday was really a day of you know some quality but a lot of pragmatism I'd agree with that yeah and I think I'm very very cautious about making sure that we don't sound you know what's the word I'm searching for here um spoiled because winning 4-0 is not something that's happened to us much over the last few years so I'm loving it, you know. Yeah. It was, it. But the thing was that that game was just absolutely done as a contest as early as the third minute. You know, I, the, the best way of describing it, I think, goes to the Guardian's uh, report of that, which was Paul Wilson describing that first goal. A sublime turn by Marcus Rashford on the left wing had sent Joel Ward so far in the wrong direction that the Palace fullback had practically had to pay to get back in. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Which was a perfect description. You know, he sold him up the river there and then run over to the byline. And there was Juan Mata well-placed to seal his first goal of the season, which is lovely for him. You know, we all very much enjoyed that. He's been he's been threatening that goal for some weeks. So it was lovely to see him get in amongst the goals. But honestly, it's just... I really enjoyed watching United. You know, it wasn't necessarily the most energetic and fluent of performances, but... It was a very, very straightforward win. And there's no way you can take Palace's awfulness out of the equation in that sense. Because they were terrible. Mm. They were so, so, so bad. And the fact that they've now lost seven games on the trot this season and they haven't scored a single goal in the process 
they are pushing for Derby's record of worst ever Premier League season yeah. at the moment, which is remarkable to me in every way. But still, it, the thing the thing is, you talk about that goal in the sense that United might have, you know, in previous years stumbled and maybe sat back a little bit deep. Because we're scoring so many goals at the minute, teams seem afraid to really put us under too much pressure and really push for goals against us because they know that we've got the tools to do them on the break at the minute. And United are being that lethal. They have got that lethal streak at the moment that says that if teams do try and press us, then they will get done. And as you mentioned there, the second goal as a result of Asher Young's one great trick and then Fellaini at the far post ahead to volley it in. The game was seemingly done before then, just as it was in Moscow a couple of days previously. But it it just turned into a pretty much a procession after that. Yeah, but that's that's. I think that was really what what we've been craving for certainly the last two years, isn't it? You know how how often have we how often have we seen a procession at Old Trafford in the last the last three years? Really, mm. very rarely. And we've had we've had games against West Ham, against Everton, obviously against Palace as well, and and the Leicester game as well. All of those games last year, we would have made hot, heavy weather of, um, and we'd have been, you know, we'd have been either a goal up and hanging on in there, or you know, dropping deep, or, or nil nil and desperately flying forward in, in a sort of vague, yeah. hope, hopeless way. God, I mean, what a good sign of progress! You think back to last season, we came from behind with a last minute penalty that we just about deserved against Everton, and we had to come from behind against West Ham as well. Yeah, again, I, I don't think we should forget that. United have had a remarkably soft start to the season compared to other sides, but we have, you know, really minced most of the teams that we've we've had to play. I mean, it's, it's remarkable we've played seven league games, and and all seven of those teams are amongst the ten in the bottom half of the table. There are clearly much harder tests to come, but watching United demolish average teams is is something we've missed so much, and it's it's just you know we should we should just revel in it for now because. Because you know we can clearly see that teams are coming to United afraid again, and that's that's something that's been been lost for at least four years. So it's been an absolute it's absolute pleasure, and we've talked about the reasons for this. You know, clearly <clears throat> Lukaku and Matic have made absolutely dramatic differences in their own their own ways, um, and we've seen a very serious um, level of development from Rashford and Martial over the summer, almost to the degree that we saw from. Um, Ronaldo between the 05 and 06 and 06 and 07 seasons when he, he really started from being reasonably inconsistent to just suddenly this relentless machine of a player and and clearly both particularly Martial I think he, he's looking more terrifying but Rashford as well there's clearly a great deal more maturity to his game I think he's stronger he's clearly bulked up a bit and the difference the difference watching Rashford play on the left against Palace on Saturday compared to quite a lot of the sort of hopeless, really average left-sided performances he put in in the first two-thirds of last season. The development's been absolutely enormous. He's added other strings to his boat. You know, he's he, he scored that wonderful free-kick in Celta last season, but he's, he's added consistent delivery from things like free-kicks this season, which obviously led to the third goal, which Fellaini would struggle to miss as perfect was the the power and accuracy on the on Rashford's free kit. How much of a touch did he even get on it? Because I I mean I saw Fellaini weaving away from my seat in the Stratford too, but from what I could see, I just saw Rashford basically smash a ball towards goal and then it go in and then I didn't. I've still not really seen any touch that suggests Fellaini got anything on it. No, it was it was a, it was a quite significant 
contact. But like, you couldn't see whether it would have gone in otherwise mm. or not. But he did. He did get a pretty meaty header on it. Nicely done. But it, you know, he, he just struggled to miss that. Well, he um, properly wazzocked it, didn't he? He did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that. Isn't that the that's the quality on delivery, isn't it? Being able to cross or loft a ball into the box. You know, ninety nine percent of players can do that with reasonable adequacy. But actually, being able to hit a ball at that pace and at the right height is a, is a skill which not too many players have. And that that free kick was almost undefendable. Well, I mean, there were a couple of moments like that, wasn't there? I mean, that set piece delivery and the Ashley Young cross as well, in particular, really were two moments where we completely undid Palace. You know, we didn't necessarily do a hell of a lot of that until Martial came on, which was a wonderful cameo. You know, he instantly made Old Trafford excited he was pulling off tricks he was running he's as you said there he's playing with a remarkable amount of confidence and I think we're really seeing the best of him you know in terms of consistency at the moment perhaps more than we did in that first year where he was surprising to so much of us on such consistent basis you know he I guess to a certain extent he does lose that element of surprise now because you know people know what he's about you know he's this is his third season in English football now but he's still such a handful and defences at the minute so far this season just simply haven't got an answer for him, which is so wonderful to see. And he's such, again, I'm pretty sure we said this last week, but he's such a joy to watch. And again, you know, talking about Lukaku, he seemed to have a bit of a frustrating afternoon from where I was watching. You know, some of the passes didn't come off. You know, we're talking about Mkhitaryan in terms of how well he did against uh, Moscow in uh, the Champions League in midweek. He was blowing pretty hot and cold on Saturday. You know, there was a couple of occasions where he just didn't play the right pass. A bit loose in possession. I mean, he wasn't the only one. You know, Matic, for all the great things he's done this season, I thought was pretty sloppy on four, five, six occasions, I noticed, on Saturday. But at the same time, you know, the Kaku wasn't necessarily getting the delivery he needed. But the thing is, because he was, you know, he was occupying... Palace's defence that meant that there was more space for the likes of Martial and Fellaini as the game wore on mm. and it was great to see him pop up and read Martial's cross so well for the fourth goal and you know he, he's keeping that streak alive you know he's missed out on scoring in one of our games so far this season in terms of the ones he's played in which was that Leicester game you know he scored in every other single one that he's featured in which is a remarkable run it's the sort of form that we haven't seen from any sort of player in donkey's years it feels like it's just incredible yeah it, i think it, it just comes down to the to that ability to be in the right place at the right time and and he's been fortunate in that we've we suddenly he suddenly got a group of players around him who are very capable of putting that ball exactly where he needs it but he's so he's so multi-talented even if he we accept he hasn't got the greatest touch in the world and you know he's, he's never going to be a, a, a passer but he's got everything else you need to be an effective striker has that build he has that intelligence to be in the right place at the right time and that, i mean that has really surprised me the degree to which it's almost in almost rude-esque in perhaps not in the finishing i don't think he's i don't think he's as deadly as rude was um, and i think that the, the miss that he had before he scored the the last goal probably demonstrated that but he's got that same instinct to to to, to know where the ball is going to go the development of, of Rashford and Martial particularly has, has meant that the ball is fo- often finding its way to where he's found himself. There's a skill to being in the right place and, and scoring 10 goals in the six-yard box in a season, four yards out. It's not luck, it's not you know, ch- it's not chance, it's, it's knowing where to be. And it's the thing that 
you know, Javier Hernandez always used to have, have that as well. And it's just that combination. It's that combination of goal-scoring instinct, knowing where to be, and his physical attributes mean that he's incredibly hard to mark, incredibly hard to stop. And given how well United have been playing, it's, it's almost not a surprise now when he scores because you you just you've seen how effective he can be. Hmm. Yeah, it was nice to see him round off the scoring as well. He had worked pretty hard all game and to keep that streak alive. It's similar to what Mourinho did with Imovic to a certain extent in the sense that he won't substitute Lukaku off because he always thinks he'll get that chance and he wants to keep this scoring streak alive, which is great. It's a great idea. It's a, it's worthwhile keeping on the pitch because if United get the right delivery in, and as we've seen frequently, when you bring the likes of Martial, Rashford, Lingard on two games late on, they are fast, skillful players who are going to cause defence problems. That's exactly what happened. Martial was excellent when he came on in that second half. Created space, created chances, and Lukaku gets on the end of one. And lovely to see. You know, I'm loving him at United. It's great to see him enjoying himself and so confident. And it feels like he's adapted very well to this step up. He feels like he is a natural at this level at this stage. And, you know, that £75 million just feels like a snip at this stage, doesn't it? Which is daft to think about. But he's been worth every single penny so far. You know, long may that scoring streak continue, you know, and he's got a chance in a couple of weeks' time to make himself a bit of a United folk hero if he decides he wants to keep that streak going alive at Anfield. Is it time for us to talk about that game now, Rich, do you reckon? I guess we could. Someone suggested, you know, as we've all thought, this is going to be very interesting to see what United are like when they actually play a good side. So I'm guessing that's going to be, what, Benfica in a couple of weeks? (laughs) Yes. Give me that zing. Well, the first the zing, the first that they'll be the first team. That, well, I was going to say they'll be the first team that can defend, but 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 it looks like that's. Did not you the case watch either, the? Oh so. my goodness me! I mean, no. I watched a bit of that uh, <laughs> Liverpool Newcastle game yesterday. <laughs> that goal was absolutely remarkable. It was what Sunday league? What's worse than Sunday league? It was just appalling. I never go into games at Anfield with confidence. That's just naturally inbuilt for me to not expect a result. And if you look at how United approached this game last season, it was what it was that three four three formation, and we created essentially one chance and did a very good job of keeping a at the time very fluent and attacking Liverpool side out. And Liverpool are still attacking a lot, but there's not really a lot of potency at the minute. They're missing their chances, and their defence is such an Achilles heel that it makes their goalkeeping look world class. And it's anything you know, it's far away from that. So. I know Mourinho, you know, we all know Mourinho's got a habit, I'll say a habit, Mourinho's whole shtick is to try and think up big detailed plans for these bigger games, and he approaches it with a very uh, methodical approach. When it comes to this game at Anfield, you've got to wonder if he feels it's going to be time to put down a marker and say, right, well, I'm going to try and go at this game, because Liverpool at the moment... I'm not necessarily sure I want to say there for the taking, but they can be got at. United have really got tools to hurt them at the minute. I wouldn't expect United to go for broke from the off because I think on that sort of occasion, you know, a lunchtime kickoff at Anfield, there's no doubt that Klopp will have his team up for it and United might have to defend in the early offing and wait for the game to settle down a little bit. But at the same time, I almost feel like I'm causing myself a massive issue and I'll be banging my head against the door in a couple of weeks' time if it doesn't go to plan. But you do get the sense at the minute, if United can keep on playing like this, Liverpool are there for the taking. I think you're right, although I do think the Mourinho's 
inbuilt caution will take over to a degree and that may be the right thing to do simply because that Liverpool front four or five can, if it gets it right, cut you to shreds. As leaky as the as the, the defence is, if you play if you play too open against them you can end up losing four three or you know, you can end up being Arsenal basically, although that was an incredibly gutless performance. But I, I suspect what he'll do, I I would be surprised maybe maybe pleasantly surprised, I don't know. I'd be surprised if Mikatarian started at Anfield. And I would expect probably Herrera to come into the midfield and we'll play more of a four-three-three four, or all three at the back and with wing backs again, and just try and, as you say, kill the game in the in the early stages, kill the game for the first twenty to thirty minutes, just see what's what, see if Liverpool are looking vulnerable. And I think, as opposed to last year, I think he he will probably look at United's front three, whatever that may be, and think you know these guys can hurt them on the break and. But by the same token, he'll also be wary because Liverpool exploit teams on the break. It is going to be an incredibly interesting tactical battle. You know, I think both teams will be very wary of the other. But the one thing, you know, that won't change is that Klopp's team will play exactly the same way. Because mm. he only has one way to play. You know, perhaps one of the one of the criticisms of him, both last season and, and this and ongoing, is that, that, Liverpool, that Liverpool team only know how to play one way. There's no plan B. And if Plan A doesn't work, then then there's stuff they can't you know they can't break through, and that's part of their problem right now. Apart from having inherited United's inability to shoot straight, <laughs> which is glorious to watch from afar, there's something wrong with them at the moment. If there were anyone in the Premier League who I would expect to have a cunning plan to deal with a particular style of opposition manager, it would be Mourinho, because I think he's as meticulous as any any manager is in this in, in, in England. Whereas I think if, if it were Guardiola, you just expect him to go out and tell his team to play as they always play. You know, just do what they do because he'd have such confidence in what they're doing that, you know, you could reasonably expect them to blow Liverpool away at the moment. Whereas I think I think Mourinho will be more pragmatic about it. I think particularly in the absence of absence of Pogba. That that does complicate things slightly. And then and then if you assume that Fellaini's playing, which I think he must be, then you've got, you know, that we're bound to be dangerous from set pieces and we've got a different route of attack. And I, if there's a defence in the Premier League, other than Palaces, which is least equipped to dealing with Maron Fellaini, it would have to be Liverpool's. Mm. And I think you look at the way Mourinho approached those two games against Liverpool last season, where for the most part we did a pretty good job of shutting them out, but didn't necessarily offer a lot in the attacking sense. And you think, well, how are things developed? Well, we're a lot more potent going forward. The Kaku gives us more options. He makes us a more well, you know, a better rounded attack. And Mkhitaryan, Rashford, and Martial are arguably all playing better than they were this time last year. So that should make things much more exciting and much more dangerous from our perspective. And I would guess you'd see that midfield trio of uh, Fellaini, Herrera, and Matic just in the sense that. Mourinho wants to put bodies in there and he's got Fellaini who'll be a physical presence. He's got Matic who can pull the strings. He's got Herrera who will do running down because why would you not play Herrera in this game? You know, he's made for these sort of battles. He absolutely relishes it. And Mourinho knows that. I'm sure he's getting saved for that game for sure. Yeah, I mean, as again, as I said, I'm distrustful of feeling confident going into a game at Anfield because it just feels like you're setting yourself up for a fall. But United can win this game. They can easily do... Well, maybe not... They can do Liverpool over for sure and they can put down a marker by winning a game like this. And I think you're right in the sense that Mourinho will be cautious about 
trying too much too quickly. And I think he will want to try and manage the atmosphere in the sense that he wants to slow the game down, try and take the sting out of it in the early offing, and then hopefully let his side grow into it. Because I don't think it's in his MO to let United just go and try and blast Liverpool off the park. And as you said there, you know Liverpool do have weapons in attack. And if United do that, again, we haven't necessarily seen what this defence looks like when it's under pressure. You know, Not on a consistent basis anyway, not by anyone particularly great, not with anyone with a very potent attack. So there are variables about it, but I don't recall having gone into a game with Liverpool feeling like, right, yes, this is Anfield, but United should be going out to win this. However it happens, I don't care, but we should be looking at getting a result here. And I think these sort of situations, we've moved on from a a year ago and the years before where United were struggling to get results against the lesser teams in the Premier League. We're now doing them over at the minute. We now need to be looking at beating the teams that are in and around us. It's quite an unusual Premier League this, this year in that there's clearly an absolutely gigantic gap in quality between the top or the notional top six teams and the rest. Perhaps Liverpool and Arsenal will be undone by, by the fact that they're not able to beat enough of those teams. But I would expect the Premier League champions this season to have over to get over ninety points. And to win the title this season, you know, we're probably looking at having to win 85% of our games. The, the way we're blowing away poorer teams, that's, you know, that's something you can look at and think, well, yeah, that's quite possible. But it reduces the value of the hard-earned point at Anfield. You know, City have gone to Chelsea and won. They've been stuffed Liverpool at home. They look like they're going to win a lot of those head-to-head games as well as winning against the, the rest, the dross. They look capable of blowing anybody away on their day and they've, and they've already picked up six points from two games against top six rivals. So United kind of find themselves in a difficult position where it's early enough in the season where I think a point doesn't matter and Mourinho may go the pragmatic route and try and nick the game but be happy with the point. But that's not something that will work for us throughout the season. won't be enough to match at least one other side. So I, I'm just wondering if that will affect his mindset more, perhaps not for not for the Liverpool game, but, but away games against the other four of the, the bigger teams as the season goes on. It, it, I mean, it depends how things go, but but that hard-earned point that we got last year would be less valuable this year in terms of our, our aims for the season. Absolutely. I mean, I think we don't play City until December for a start, so United need to be thinking... Well, I guess Mourinho is thinking there or thereabouts. I want to be up there with City either ahead of them or just behind them by the time we get to that derby, uh, Old Trafford in early December. And that means that we have to be winning games like this, doesn't it? You know, And that means that we have to be showing progress in last season to the point where we can be legitimate title challengers throughout the entire season and not just for a couple of months. And that does mean that you have to start adapting your approach to start thinking like that. And you have to start thinking a bit more positively about getting wins in these games and not just going out for a point and not just going out to frustrate the opponent and try and get a positive result. You have to try and get the best result. And I think that is going to be an interesting way to see how Mourinho handles that going forward. You know, we've got Spurs coming up two weeks after that at home. And again, they're, yeah, well, I say they're doing very well. Harry Kane's doing very well, which by proxy for the most part means that Spurs are doing all right. Again, you know, we've got some big games coming up now. The standard of the opposition is going to improve. Whilst we do have a, a couple of games against Benfica who really struggled horrifically in the Champions League this so far this season, and you would expect us to win both of those games, both home and away, 
now things are starting to get a bit trickier. And I think, you know, and this isn't going to win any points for originality, but it's time to see what United are made of, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You were talking about going to Anfield and feeling really confident that we could take them on and, and beat them. And I was just thinking back, the last time the last time I really felt like that was in the 2008-2009 season. We bought Berbatov and we went to uh, Anfield and we, we had Rooney, Berbatov and Tevez playing. And as it, as it turned out, Fergie ended up playing Rooney right wing. But United kind of came out the blocks in that game and Tevez gave us the lead and it felt like we were just going to mush them and we put you know we bought another brilliant striker into an already ridiculously congested attacking area of quality and Liverpool scored twice and we lost 2-1 <laughs> and, and and United haven't really opened up at Anfield or tried to really blast Liverpool away since then it's you know it's something I absolutely crave because you know twice in in recent years Liverpool have come to Old Trafford and absolutely stuffed United the 4-1 in that season and, and obviously the the 3-0 debacle in Moyes' season and United haven't absolutely given Liverpool a whipping at Anfield for eons I can't even remember the last time we really comprehensively battered them at Yeah, at I mean, arguably our last great performance at Anfield would probably be the first season of Van Hals where Mata scored that brace and that magnificent uh, scissor kick and even yeah. then that was only a 2-1 victory, that was as good as United have played at Anfield in years and we still didn't really walk them off the park so yeah I, I again distrustful of it but there is a chance for us to actually make a statement and try and gain some measure of revenge for those good results that Liverpool have had at Old Trafford and this is going to be the best opportunity in years to do it yeah and I think we've got the opportunity as well to really bury Liverpool's confidence they're, I mean they're already going to be on the low they've, they've, they've dropped points again before the international break they've got they've got two weeks really to mull over that and they'll, they'll come back and obviously they'll be motivated again to, to try and resurrect things against United. But if we really put down a marker and, and beat them, I think it would be a long way back for them from there. I mean, I don't think they could win the title anyway, but I think we would comprehensively knock one of the five teams that, would, that, that could potentially finish above us this season. It, that would be ra- rather wonderful, wouldn't it? Just to, to really sort of put a nail in their coffin in, in October. And then we can go on and worry about the other four, I say four, three, because Arsenal really aren't going to be winning the title, but the other three real challenges. I mean, it was interesting you were saying about about Harry Kane for Spurs and essentially, you know, Kane plays well and Spurs win. But it has, it does seem to have turned into something of a centre-forward arms race, doesn't it? Mm. Strangely enough, the one team that looks capable of mitigating for the loss of their striker is City, who lo- who've lost Aguero and still... You know, putting a hell of a performance at Chelsea, but in contrast, Chelsea lost Morata in that game to injury, and their performance just fell away because they didn't have a target anymore. And that's the thing that Costa's given them for the last few seasons. And you can imagine if United were to lose Lukaku for any period of time, even with Ibrahimovic at the club, I think that would have quite a sizable blow on our ability to win the title. Mm. So it it almost looks like it's basically looking looking for the goals from Lukaku, Morata. And Kane, and can that can those goals mitigate against the all-round attacking prowess of City? I mean, it's, it's certainly the most interesting Premier League I can recall um, because I'd, I'd say there are certainly four teams who can win the league this season. Sure, I mean you can't count Chelsea out this stage of the season, can you? I mean they've lost Absolutely twice not, so no. far, but you'd be mad to count them out at the minute. They were very, very impressive against Atletico Madrid. 
uh, on Wednesday night, and it was a it was a great performance. You know, and they fully deserved that win. Yeah, they were absolutely brilliant. There's a bit of a hangover there, but I think losing Morata was absolutely absolutely key for them, and they, I think they just played into City's hands. I think that midfield midfield two of of Kante and Bakayoko are, are both bundles of energy and, and defensively very very sound, but neither are great on the ball, and City just essentially set about dispossessing them at every opportunity and Chelsea just couldn't get get enough of the ball to really threaten and once Morata went off and Conte tried to be clever and brought in Willian rather than um, Bashuai the, the game just tilted towards City um, they certainly look most dangerous but Chelsea have been battering all, all comers as well just the same way that United have so as I say I think, I think the title this season is going to Essentially, come down to who does better in those little that little mini league of of the, the top teams playing each other. Right, quick score prediction for Liverpool then. I'll go one nil United. Scrappy, disgusting one nil. Lukaku scores from an inch after a <laughs> Fellaini after Fellaini heads back across goal from, right from a that. young from a young cross. That sounds about right. I think I'm going to go with. 2-1. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet on that game. I think the occasion will be too much that the, that the cup will basically just suck a goal into the net. But no, I mean, my God, I'm going to regret this, but I really think we're going to win. And I'm really worried if we don't win because I'm going to knock myself for saying this constantly over the course of this podcast. But there we go. Anyway, right, Rich, let's get on to questions for this evening. Uh, Tariq Emir asks, given the left-back slot seems to be a job share at the moment, should Jose look to sign a specialist like Kieran Tierney in January? think that ultimately he should and will buy a specialist i've not seen enough of tierney to know how good he is but my hunch is that Mourinho isn't going to trust a 19 year old i think he's 19 even even just 20 year old to be his starting left back in the in the middle of a season when he's not had a pre-season with him so Mm. i suspect what we'll end up doing is odd jobbing till next summer and then he'll he'll look to buy a permanent solution in that spot we desperately need that because every every option there has has flaws you know young's wonderful going forward but i wouldn't trust him against the best the best wingers around blint he's classy but he, he's not the greatest defender and he can't really cross very well um and, and luke shaw is just a complete unknown no that sounds about right though i mean the thing is with Mourinho, you can get away with quite a lot if you follow his instructions can't you Again, as I said earlier on, United do look a more fluid outfit when Herrera plays over Fellaini, but you can't really argue with Fellaini's results in the sense that he got the brace and essentially killed the game off against Palace, so the ends will justify the means. If Mourinho gets what he needs out of a player like Young at left-back, then he'll play him for as long as he wants, and even though there might be better options in the shapes of Luke Shaw and potentially Davy Blind in terms of more all-round, if he gets what he wants from Young, then he'll play. Simple as that. But yeah, I mean... Maybe we'll see more of Luke Shaw, but I think the chance of him actually nailing a place at United is quite slim at this stage, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, he also asks, uh, is Marwan Fellaini the greatest footballer ever or the greatest footballer of all time? Wow. he's I'd, I'd say he's the greatest comeback kid of all time, surely. Certainly United. From booze to braces. Exactly. From, yeah. Yeah, from, from being the only United player I can I can recall since the 80s being booed by his own fans. Um, Andrew Dayton sort of follows on the same thing and uh, asks, and well, he says, I've, I've got to say under Mourinho's guidance, he's been utterly brilliant. What do you guys think? I probably wouldn't go utterly brilliant, Andrew. I mean, a full goal return has been very, very useful this season, and he was great when he came on against Basel. 
but I, you know, I, I think the speed of his ability on the ball is still a great problem. You know, he is not a fast, fluid mover whatsoever. He has his uses, and we are seeing it more and more now, and he's a more confident player than Mourinho. And if he plays, then that's great to see. But good, but not great. How about that? Shall we? I don't, I don't want to be too mean for the man. He, he's done really well for us so far this season, in his own special way. Bless him. At R0Y Keen asks, surely it's a, mat- it's a matter, but um, of time before Martial and Rashford get a go. It's nice to have the impact off the bench, but Martial's too good for this to carry on. It's true, but I think that Mourinho is so not unreasonably enamoured with the way that they are working as a double act to slowly and mercilessly destroy teams down that left-hand side that unless that were to stop working, I can't see him... I think I think he sees the the particular abilities of both players to to come inside. I mean, Martial is able to go both ways now, but they've both got very good right feet. Right feet, and I think he really values that. And again, you know, he's playing Matter on the right, who's the left footer. So he seems to prefer at the moment that combination. Again, playing young left back and able to cross with his right, he seems to to prefer that crossover of. Of right footer on the left and left footer on the right, and I'd love to see him try them on either flank, but I don't think he will while it's still working. And I think he'll feel that we've got enough games. We're essentially playing twice a week for a very large portion of the season. Mm. That we've got enough games that he can continue to rotate them, keep them both fresh. I mean, that's the thing. You know, both neither of them should be getting in the red zone at any point this season if they're used as they are, yeah. which. Is a hell of a weapon to have against opposition players who, with you know, particularly clubs with smaller squads, who really will be, you know, starting to hit the hit the, the bottom of the, you know, perhaps over Christmas and in the new year. So I think if it, if it's not broke, I'm not sure he's going to fix it. No, I'd agree with that, and I don't think you can really argue with the impact. You know, both. Well, I mean, how many occasions have we seen when Martial and Rashford have come on for the other or there thereabouts? They've had a positive impact on the game. And I think as long as Mourinho can get that, then he will be minded to try and separate it up. But, you know, on the flip side of that, you look at the game against Burton. If he feels like he's got the right opponent, maybe he'll rest the Kaku and just let them have at it. You know, that was brilliant to watch. So we might see more of that. But I don't think on a consistent basis we are going to see that happen too often because I think their impact is maximised to a certain extent if you can keep them separate and then bring one on later on in the game. I think it's working quite well so far, and unless we have an injury problem, I guess we might be minded to carry on. Yeah, I was, going to say, I was just going to say, I suspect there will be a point in the season when either Lukaku's injured or he, he needs to rest him, and that will be mm. the time when he'll do what he did against Burton. I think it was just handy to do it against Burton because he could rest Lukaku and mm. play them that way, and he didn't have to worry about it at all. I suspect we will see them both on the same pitch, but won't with one of them centre forward. At Nazanto asks, we usually have a bad performance after the international break. Are we going to drop points against Liverpool? Oh. I really bloody hope not. <laughs> we've, we've already said not, haven't we? So we can't really change our minds now. <laughs> no, I'm riding this train straight to hell. Yeah, uh, at Stephen it. Roberts asks, uh, how would you have reacted if somebody told you two to three years ago that Fellaini would still be a big part of our team? I, I think it would have been difficult to foresee his current contribution. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's a pretty easy thing to accept when you consider that at the moment we are looking good in our Champions League group. We are joint top of the Premier League by... Actually, no, sorry. Well, we are behind City on goal difference at the top of the Premier League by virtue of having scored one goal less than them so far this season. If that's the trade-off, 
that Fellaini is quite a significant part of the team and we're playing like this and blowing teams away like we were on Saturday, like we were in midweek against CSK Moscow. I mean, good grief, I'll take that. You know, if, if that if that's the if that's where we have to sacrifice to get to where we are right now, I'm absolutely fine with that. And the last one, something of a oh bless him. Uh, Neil's feeling a bit forlorn, Rich. He asks, How do I deal with the crushing sense of loss I feel on match days when the squad comes out and Pogba's name isn't in it? I share his sadness and I yearn for his return, but I fear that it will be some time. Yes, well, Mourinho was uh, quite guarded when it came to actually talking about it in the pre-match press conference on uh, Friday. And I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be early New Year, perhaps, or perhaps towards the end of the year when we see him. You know, I, I didn't get the sense that it was going to be a gigantic one where we're talking about sort of four, five, six months, but it feels like it's going to be a significant amount of time that he's going to be out. And United have got to cope with it. We've got the options to do it, but we've simply got to get through this patch without him. So far, it's gone pretty well. You know, we've managed pretty much every game in a confident manner and scored lots of goals. And we need to keep that train rolling. We need to keep that going if we're going to have a really... If we're going to give Pogba a good basis from which to pick up from when he actually returns. Anyway, which we'll leave it there for tonight. Thanks for your company. No worries. Pleasure. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget, you can get us all over Twitter. You can get me, it's at you and Lennit. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. You can get the pod at, at RedVoicesMUFC. And you can get our blog at RedVoices.net. Don't forget, if you are so inclined, we do have a donate tab on our website, which is welcome for any and all amounts of money, depending on how generous you're feeling. But any money you can send our way is always very, very welcoming. It always helps us with our running costs. We'll be back after the international break, hopefully, because we've been saying it so often this episode, with a victory against Liverpool to celebrate. And if we don't, then, I don't know, blame Rich. Cheerio! Cheerio!